So somewhere between following everyone and everything like a sheep and being a hardcore conspiracy theorist lies the truth. How do we know what that is? And the only answer is when you personally investigate and you use your common sense to assess whatever it is that you're looking into. This is an episode from me, Mamak Shakib, the host of Life and Health Matters with Dr. Shakib. I came across a magazine that was sent to me, not because I requested it, but because someone out there or an organization or organizations out there that are following every single move we make to sell us what we search or what we come across or what we purchase. This is not a conspiracy theorist point of view. This is the truth. We all know about that. So since I have farm animals and I look into things for their health and for prevention, etc., or maybe disease intervention, someone out there knows that I am a consumer of this magazine, which was sent to me with a whole bunch of, you know, different ways to do uh, farming, you know, from medicine to um, applications or applicators to you just name it. Uh, you know, if I want to uh, breed my animals and there are different tools necessary to utilize, etc., etc. So as I was going through this magazine to see what was out there and what was applicable to my way of farming and having animals, I came across a ketosis kit. And I thought, wait a minute, why is there a ketosis kit? Why would a cow, and this was pertaining to um, um, cattle, why would a cow go through ketosis and why is this even being used? I doubt that they're trying to create ketogenic diet for the benefit of the animal whatsoever and I, looking into that I learned that because of the way we do our <laughs> farming that far from the, the natural way of farming, we do factory farming. The dairy cow, because it's being fed and it is producing so much milk beyond what nature intended, the poor animal gets so stressed from overproduction and not being fed the right amount of food, the right kind of food, because who gives a crap? It's just the cow. That's the mindset. The animal goes through excess stress, therefore ketosis. So the kit was to sell that just to assess and make sure if the farmer, and I'm positive that it's more than likely not the kind of farmer that I am, and I'm far from being a farmer, but the kind of um, nature-centered and naturally occurring procedures that nature intends, not factory farming, those types of farmers would more than likely not need this uh, ketosis kit. So it broke my heart like it always does because I feel that and poor animals are at the mercy of us human beings and we definitely are far from being 
write about it. I refuse to use the word humane because that implies we are treating things correctly. And this is by far worse than anything uh, an animal would do to a human being. Because it's one thing to kill. It's another thing to torture and make life miserable. And that's what we do to when we do factory farming. Anyway, that was the reason why I'm doing this podcast on raw milk versus factory farm milk and the whole a little bit of history about it. At the end of the day, we make our own decisions. We choose what industry we are willing to contribute and what which ones we don't. I know that since November 2009, I have not had a factory farm meat and that was a decision I made and I know that barely puts a dent in the deep pockets of the industry but my conscience is clear for me and that's the type of life I'd like to to live and obviously it's up to you and no one's judging you I hope that you are the judge of every action you make and when you set your standards to the level that you, you're accountable, you understand you're accountable for what you do, then uh, it really uh, puts a different perspective onto things. At any rate, that was a long way of telling you what this podcast is about. And I'd like for you to please consider sending me your comments, suggestions, or questions to uh, via email drspodcastshow at gmail.com. And so with no further ado, here is the actual podcast. So a little history about pasteurization. It all started with good intentions because people were not clean. They were not keeping the hygiene necessary to make food Ironically enough, it seems that what we're experiencing with COVID might have been an example of something like that, but who knows what that is all about. Maybe we learn about it 50 years from now, the truth about COVID, but let's not digress here. So pasteurization started in the 19th century as a a result of dirty environment that the animals were lived in. Today, we call factory farming concentrated animal feeding operations, or CAFO, concentrated animal feeding operations. Have you noticed how the worst things that we do, we have such fancy, clean names for it. You know, it's, it's always interesting how medications with their horrible side effects, as bad as suicide, we call that side effects where it's a horrible effect is the actual um, terminology that should be used. It's just mind-boggling how um, whoever makes the decisions on the names, whoever uses marketing and advertising to put a new word into our vocabulary goes about to do that. Millions and millions of dollars are spent on just that very industry. I remember when I was in college, I refused to participate in any any focus groups that would uh, make me eat something because I could not trust 
what was being um, put in my mouth, so to speak, while I was getting paid to give them my opinion. So I definitely went with things that I would have an opinion on. So they would have different products with different colors for the labeling and you know this is how public relations utilize this information in order to sell a product so concentrated animal feeding operations is the factory farming aka literally shitty environments that the poor animal lives in is overhead barely can walk barely gets any sun uh, or fresh air, no food that nature intended for it to have, or hardly any of that, and um, fed antibiotics and a whole bunch of pesticides and herbicides and chemicals and medicines and vaccines and hormones and everything in order for the animal to grow fat as fast as possible to be slaughtered. There's no humane way to kill. I'm not against that, but I'm 100% against the quality of life we provide for these poor animals before we kill and we eat them. A society that is known to, the, to be the fattest nation because of the fact that being fat is unhealthy. It has nothing to do with aesthetics in this subject, in this discussion, has everything to do with the correlation of that and being unhealthy. So instead of coming up with a name that truly reflects the life of these poor animals, we come up with concentrated animal feeding operations. Sounds pretty benign, but let's move on. <laughs> so on these concentrated animal operations, Milk can be produced in filthy conditions, then heat it until all the pathogens are gone. But in the process of pasteurization, we lose pretty much all of the good quality of nutrients in this milk, in this example. And that's why the word fortified comes back, fortified fortified with calcium and vitamin D has to do with the fact that this product that looks like milk, tastes like milk, is far from what nature's milk is like. So let's put back in the vitamin D and the calcium and whatever hell that comes out of that. So it doesn't just kill the germs, it kills everything else. The irony is that FDA is a food and drug administration that enforces cleanups and then they come up with a process scientific process to kill the germs but at what cost so we're so science based on everything if science does not prove it it must be wrong and here i am telling you while science is a beautiful thing it is absolutely beneficial to utilize and to in our decision makings it's not a be all end all because in the process i mean if you think about it genetically modified food is a beautiful science it's freaking brilliant science but look at the cost at the end of the day everything that we design that we are able to rep reproduce scientifically with a double blind study reproducing it through science means 
when you make a conclusion, you can reproduce it given the same environments are provided. It's a beautiful, reliable thing. But so many factors are discounted or not even factored in. For example, when it comes to healing, how you think impacts how you heal. How do you double-blind study that? So FDA uses scientific methods such as pasteurization to pasteurize milk to get rid of the germs. But in the process, what are we creating? What are we adding? What kind of negativity are we adding? Are we really doing the society a favor? So the question is, if this is a food and drug admin that is supposed to be looking out for us, why is FDA so much against, historically, has been against raw milk? After all, they go after basically raw milk because they say that pasteurized milk is much cleaner. But that's not true because the animal's quality of life and the condition of being is by far worse in pasteurized milk than in factory and pasteurized uh, milk, dairy, animals. The raw milk is much healthier. The environment's much cleaner because they are the minority. There needs to be a policing agency for sure. But when the politics and when big money plays a role, that's when corruption happens. So why is our food freedom, including the choice to consume raw milk whenever or wherever is being interfered? Why is FDA telling us what we can eat or we can't eat? Shouldn't that be a choice of the consumer? When did that become illegal? In 2010, the 10th Amendment Center called on states to legalize raw milk. <laughs> I remember when my kids were little, I'm not a big fan of milk. I never was growing up. I just didn't like the taste of milk. It, it just not, it wasn't my thing. But if my kids wanted, and you know, um, we didn't do cereal when the kids were little. It was just, I paid attention. I certainly walked the talk when it came to nutrition for example. So if I would get raw milk because I was trying to um, basically let my kids not, I mean, there were multiple reasons. I wanted my kids to understand raw milk versus pasteurized milk. I wanted to support the raw milk industry. And I really did not want to allow my dislike of milk be a... Um, burden on my children in case they liked milk. So um, there, were, there, were, there were multiple reasons why I purchased only raw milk. And then all of a sudden it vanished. California was one of the states that allowed raw milk and raw milk could only be purchased in a glass jar at uh, Mother's Market, which is a market that is in Orange County, California only, as far as I know, unless things have changed since last time I checked. 
So in 2010, there was a whole, they, the, this 10th Amendment Center called on states to legalize raw milk. Oh my gosh, this was so interesting because I looked into it just for the sake of the podcast and it aggravated me so much. A quick look into the 10th Amendment Center showed that this is as of February, February 17, 2020. We're talking about this year here. In Salt Lake City, Utah, as an example, and I'm, I'm just uh, putting a quote from their website. Last Friday, the Utah House unanimously passed a bill that would further expand raw milk sales in the state. This is 2020. Final passage of this bill would take another important step toward rejecting a federal prohibition scheme in effect. Republican Kim Coleman filed House Bill 134 for the 2020 legislative session. The bill would expand raw milk sales to allow permit holders to sell raw milk, cream, and butter. The current law only allows the sale of pure raw milk even by those holding a permit. I mean, this is 2020. Did you know that? And this was just the first thing that I came across on their website. It had to do with uh, Salt Lake City. There were a whole bunch of different states and different things that had to do with raw milk. On February 14, 2020, the House passed HB 134 by a 60-0 vote. It builds an expansion of raw milk sales. Government Gary Herbert signed into the law in 2018. So 2018, this was... <laughs> signed but then 2020 it still is not really being under that new law a milk producer can sell up to 120 gallons of raw milk per month to consumers without meeting stricter requirements under the current permitting program providing certain conditions are met this is like organic farmers that want to use organic seed what Monsanto was doing was they were having Basically, they were making the regular small town, small farmer go bankrupt because they were demanding their raw seeds. So what historically farmers were doing was at the end of each harvest, they would hold on to certain seeds for the following year. So there was always that organic seed. Back in those days, everything was organic until Monsanto came over took over the farming industry, genetically modified the hell out of everything, and then they would trespass, pay the, the, the ticket for trespassing, and do testing on the organic farmer's farm, find some of their seeds there, and say, these guys stole our seeds, when in reality, cross-pollination was taking place, and that's an issue. Do are is everything that we consider organic true organic? The answer is no. What other options do we have? We really don't. So we just do our very best to get rid of these jackasses like Monsanto and try to support the farmers, understanding that we're still getting not hundred percent pure everything, more than likely. So twenty twenty early this year. 
we're still getting, we're celebrating and we're getting excited over, woohoo, now they're allowing cream and butter from raw milk being sold. That's pathetic. Since when what we eat should be policed? What if I want to eat a pile of dog shit? Whose business is that? What if there's a group that just wants to join me in this amazingly disgusting adventure and there is a business that provides the dog shit? Do we need to really have some government agency monitor what we're eating? If that government agency is so much into our well-being, they should have stopped Monsanto from ever starting their job. And frankly, they should stop factory farming right across the board. It's bullshit is what it is. Good thing this is a podcast or I'd be beeped. This whole podcast would be a big, long, big (laughs) beep session. The 10th Amendment reads, The power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. So FDA is in violation of the Constitution by trying to enforce raw milk bans within states. So the industrial Dairy, the big guys, smashed the small factory family farms. So there is Mike Murray, National Communications Director for the 10th Amendment Center, that said, constitutionally, food safety falls within the powers reserved to the states and the people. The feds have no authority to enforce food safety laws within the border of a state. Nevertheless, federal agencies still want more control over America's food supply and they go great lengths to get it. For example, the FDA bans the interstate sale of raw milk, but not only do they ban the transportation of raw milk across state lines. Where am I? They also claim the authority to ban unpasteurized milk within the borders of a state. FDA ultimately wants to maintain a complete prohibition on raw milk with a one-size-fits-all control over everything you eat and drink, while FDA apologists claim the agency only wants to protect consumers. In truth, federal regulations tend to benefit big companies and squeeze out family farms. In the name of safety, FDA regulations limit your ability to access local fresh food, quote, closed. That is so sad. So, a true story about the extent of the scam against raw milk. This is back in the days where Alaska bill was being passed or was had just passed to legalize raw milk. So there was uh, the, what happened was it was just passed. They were celebrating in West Virginia um, about the passing of uh, the raw milk and um, in West Virginia and um, a whole bunch of people got sick. 
So they went out to say, oh, see, it was because of raw milk, it made everyone sick. We've told you raw milk is not good. We need to pasteurize, da, 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 just to find out that people who had no raw milk actually got sick. There was a known bug at the time, and they knew about this. That basically people got sick. It was a close, um, close uh, vicinity. People were sitting in a close vicinity. They were just, they were just, they just got sick. When I first read about it, I was like, oh, it's probably food poisoning, but not necessarily. It wasn't food poisoning. At least no one mentioned that. But they were a whole bunch of people who drank raw milk and didn't drink raw milk got sick. So they had a big news about, ha, 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 in West Virginia, this happened. See, this is, so this is as they're, they're trying to uh, defend their position to make it illegal to have raw milk in the state of Alaska. <laughs> a scam. Once again, a scam. I mean, the timing is perfect. We're dealing with covid we're de dealing with a lot of news, misinformation, some information, depending on what station, TV station you listen to, you get a different perspective and different view. So the media does not represent the truth. The media represents a certain group of people whose opinion is being basically portrayed in the news format. We can't trust our media. We can't trust our agencies. We have to do the work. Yes, it has come down to that. There was an era where people were exactly where we're at. They could only trust what they would find out. Then with the TV, being popular and becoming popular and being available in every household, that became a medium through which people could be persuaded. So milk is good for your bones. Um, cereal is good. Uncle Ben's rice is easy and it's good. The processed food was introduced. Billions and billions of money were made in the related industry. We as consumers were brainwashed. And that was the only way people could get information through the media, TV, radio, etc. Now with the internet, that has become more obsolete. Now people have better ways to people, honest people, to communicate with each other. And while they're doing that, there's still these other agencies who can infiltrate this method of communication and the flow of information. So here's another one. From 2009 to 2012, that's three years, North Dakota, for instance, reported just 15 documented cases of bacterial infections among people who drank raw milk. So in three years, 15. In contrast, in 2015 alone, in one year, ice cream from Bluebell, Bluebell Creamery, the third largest ice cream maker in the U.S., had 10 people that got sick with listeria 
three of whom died. Bluebell got a fine for 175000 for this incident. And that was that. Raw dairy farmers have been put out of business for suspicion of contamination. The guy, Bluebell Creamery, had <laughs> 10 people with listeria. Three of them died. They got 175000 That's it. The choice, you listeners, is yours. The choice of what to eat, what not to eat is yours, not the state or the federal government. So in some countries right now, for example, in New Zealand, you can actually go and have a self-serve dairy, which made me think, holy moly, too many hands, it's only going to be a disaster. But no, they actually, the farmers have come up with a system. So there are certain requirements that have to be made and people can actually go 24-7, get their own dairy. <sighs> if food is processed, it's convenient but it's lost its value at the end of the day, especially these days when we are hit, our health is hit drastically throughout the world. I hope the conclusions we made at the beginning of this COVID remains with us and influences us in our decision-making and how we go about starting our family and treating our family. At the end of the day, convenience is beautiful, but look at the cost of it as well. If you put the convenience on one side of the scale and all the other things that you lose in the process of convenience on the other side, you have to decide fairly, not with your, oh, I feel like it, it's more convenient, but decide which side has better benefit. Limit your amount of food intake but make sure it's quality. Don't support industry or industries that create more issues for the society just because you get a momentary monetary benefit from it. Money is not everything. I hope we learn that from this pandemic and I hope we don't forget which unfortunately seems to be the trend. So grass-fed, I did a whole show on grass-fed versus pasteurized. The word grass-fed is misused. So you need to look for pasture-raised. The kind of milk that comes from those animals are healthy in every way. They have healthy bacteria for your GI tract. They have more than 60 digestive enzymes, growth factors, and antibodies. They have conjugated linoleic acid or CLA, beneficial raw fats, amino acids, and proteins in highly bioavailable form, all 100% digestible. Vitamins A, B, C, D, E, and K. 
in highly bioavailable forms and a very balanced blend of minerals like calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, and iron, the absorption of which is enhanced by live lactobacilli. Children who drank raw milk had a 30% lower risk of respiratory infection and fever compared to the ones who didn't. There was another study that showed in early childhood, raw milk exposure increased the number of regulatory T-cells, which are immunosuppressive cells that modulate your immune system. So they had lower risk of asthma and allergies. Like I said, I never liked milk. As a child, I still don't, but I made sure my kids had it so I was not passing on my dislike to my kids, knowing that the alternative was raw milk and is raw milk. So now we're going back to food freedom. Now we're beyond the dairy. Whether it's raw or pasteurized, some people are allergic to milk protein. So it's not the right thing for them. If you're insulin resistant, the dairy sugar lactose can actually worsen your insulin leptin resistant, which is what diabetes is. It's not the disease of insulin. It's an insulin leptin communication. If you're healthy and want to drink milk, pasture-raised milk is generally superior in nutrition and flavor. It helps decrease the likelihood of insulin spikes from the milk sugar because of the thick layer of cream on top, which if you have ever had raw milk, you know what that means. It's beautiful. It's tasty. Whether you're a milk drinker or not, there is no doubt that you should have the option of choosing what to eat and from what source. Who gets to decide? You or the FDA. If the FDA and other government agencies are allowed to be policing and they're basically using their view of safe food and consumers, raw milk is not the only thing that's lost. (laughs) At this point, so many different types of foods are pasteurized. I was shocked years ago when I had my radio show that, uh, to learn that almond is pasteurized. I still don't understand why. Why can't we increase the quality of cleanliness and hygiene instead of pasteurizing the hell out of everything and taking away pasteurizing, irradiating, genetically engineering food? So to get informed, I suggest you visit farmtoconsumer.org. Definitely support your local farmers. Getting your raw milk from a local organic farm or a co-op is one of the best ways to ensure that you're getting high quality milk. I normally don't buy milk, don't drink milk, but I suggest Mother's Market for a source of raw milk. Also, Weston Price Foundation. I love everything about that group. They are definitely clean eaters who are in support of the right farmers and the right ranchers. You can get on board with them. California residents can find raw milk retailers using a store locator at Organic Pastures 
www.westonpricefoundation.com website. Weston Price Foundation is um, a great group to look into. They are they have meetings, they have chapters all over, and they're really good people who are on the consumer side because they are consumers and they are more into quality of food. It doesn't matter if they're Democrats or Republican or whatever, that's beside the point. We all have the right and should have the right to choose what it is we want to do when it comes to our food and support the industries and the small farmer and rancher who goes beyond the scrutiny that the government and federal agencies are imposing on them in order to stay open. So I hope you got some value in understanding the importance of, once again, your decisions in life if you don't take the time to spend the time on the things that actually matter all these other things can occupy your day but before you know it it's already too late what you put in your mouth is a huge huge decision on every level of being so i advise you to really connect with people that you can trust and to do your homework. You know, I always say, if at every given day, you spend so much of it, such a high, high percentage of your day to provide quality work for your employer, and this body of yours is the avenue or the tool, I should say, that provides you that and provides your employer that then what are you doing to assure that this tool this machine called your body called your mind is in balance invest in your health at every level become informed and you'll see that your days will definitely change for better Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Life and Health Matters with Dr. Shakib. Once again, I encourage you to please rate the show. Make sure you send your suggestions, questions, and comments to drspodcastshow at gmail.com. And do know that until the very end, I plan on not staying quiet about the things that are fundamentally wrong that impact us as a society as a, and as a population in whole. Until next time, take care.